Welcome back to Theology at the Eucharistic Table podcast. This is Nelson Sintra, one of your hosts. In today's episode, we speak with Abba Jeremy about how to have difficult conversations in theology about topics in which there are disagreements without letting those conversations dissolve into arguments, arguments of a malicious nature. Abba Jeremy has a lot to say on this very important topic, a topic that encroaches every area of theology, especially the liturgy. So we'll let him get to it. So without further ado, we bring you Abba Jeremy Driscoll. How does studying theology and doing good theology help us prevent arguing with one another? Well, hopefully, it has a sort of attitude when when you when you have a, when you're doing good theology, uh, you know where the particular question. Let, let's say it's a question in dispute. You know where the particular question lies in relation to the whole, and consequently, you should know how much it weighs. And when you know how much it weighs, you know how important it is or not. Mm. And so sometimes we fight about things that uh, that are a little out of proportion. So you, you want to put things back into proportion. That, that's that's one trick or art, if you will, of of good theological conversation. But let's say there's something really in dispute. Uh, well, then <clears throat> then you need uh, you need good minds, but you also need good attitudes. Uh, Certainly charity, because it's like it's crazy to argue with a mean spirit about godly things. That's, that's obviously going to take you away from the topic somehow, even if you're right in terms of your logic or something. So uh, there, there should be something in us that doesn't want to fight about things that we care deeply about because it will it will it will poison the atmosphere uh, of the argument uh, I know that from uh, from monastic literature that of the fourth century you know that I think you guys know I did my doctorate on on fourth century Egyptian monks and lots of uh, theological controversies uh, were moving around uh, the city of Alexandria at the time and the people in Alexandria were always trying to dra- drag the monks into the arguments on one side or the other. And uh, the the real guides of the monks, and the monks would let themselves be drawn. And then their fathers would say, no, you, you mustn't get into fights about these things. you gotta, you got to teach truth and, and, and do that, but you mustn't fight about it. So, you know, I think that that's a kind of good good point of view to bring to bear in our times because we do a lot of fighting in the church about theology and it just inevitably can't no one can be right with those kinds of attitudes Um, I don't know that's yeah that's good for me to hear because I tend to want to get into into arguments so thanks for for saying that yeah yeah, we do need to, I mean, th- there are things that we disagree on, you know. Somebody's going to have this emphasis or thinks this should be done, and you don't think it should be done. Uh, or you think this is important, more important than that guy thinks it is. Well, then I think those questions should be, a, you eventually need to get at the issue head on. 
but if you do that with a with an attitude of charity and humility, uh, it's just simply going to go better. Uh, maybe something from the Rule of Benedict is helpful here. I, I think to me one of the chapter one of my favorite chapters of the Rule is Chapter Three, where uh, Saint Benedict talks about calling the brethren together for counsel. And he says, uh, the abbot lays the matter out before everybody, what the question is, and everyone is to give his point of view, but with simplicity and humbly and not pushing his own point of view, just saying his point of view. And something like that would help us a lot in theological argument. You know, I disagree with that. I think that. Just leave it at that. And when somebody argues, I wouldn't call that argument, but when somebody puts forth a, a position in that way, then the position itself uh, should be able to carry itself. And you have a kind of authority in your position because you're not, you're not bringing to it the wrong kind of energy. You're just saying, you know, sincerely, I really believe this and I think it's important. And I'm in a context where I can say it. And that's my point of view. And leave it at that. <clears throat> if we all did that, it'd be a pretty lovely conversation. <laughs> Father, at the danger of not getting past to the next dimension, um, I, I, so I have a question that kind of builds on this uh, in expressing different points of view in this theological context. A couple of weeks ago, one of the brothers um, expressed his opinion about something uh, that I'd done, and then he was he was evaluating it as, oh, it's deficient, it's negative. He, and then he concluded by saying, it's a matter of theology. Just thought you would know that. Uh, which I think brings the question, it, it does to me now, I was just irritated back then. But now it makes me wonder, well, when we say theology, there's a sense of, this kind of monolithic structure and everything is set and it's objective and you know everyone just kind of has the same it's like a system but since we do find that there are disagreements isn't it more fitting to talk about theologies rather than a theology and if so you know how big is the church that can she accommodate theologies or do we have to move towards one theology or Maybe you could comment on that? Yeah. Well, no, history can comment. Uh, there are all kinds of theologies, and uh, there need to be, uh, because theologies are, are, are culturally based, and so the gospel is in all kinds of cultures. And uh, common threads hold us together across cultures, but a culture is going to produce theological emphases and insights uh, the <clears throat> history is also going to do the same. This moment in history, what a country is going through, is going to produce a certain type of theology. So, no, it's the Catholic theology is not a monolithic structure. There's there's certain themes that are essential to to the structure, but it's like it's like with it's it's something with uh, you know potentially really infinite variation. Because theology is faith seeking understanding, and the the seeking never stops. 
So it, it's going to grow uh, according to circumstances, according to cultures, according, uh, you know, one of the master themes that we'll probably never get to because it's the, it's the seventh or eighth, but uh, one of the master themes is spirituality and the impact of the saints on theology. So sanctity in the life of the church should be producing types of theology, different types of theology. You know, when, when you have a different kind of saint, you get a different kind of theology that can emerge from that. So, yeah, it's not just as if there's only one answer to a particular question. No, no the church doesn't want to use theology in that kind of way. Just a follow-up question then to that. In your experience, when you when there are disagreements, when there are these <clears throat> heated conversations in theology, do you find it's often because of these differing theologies primarily? Or is it two opinions from a same way of doing theology that are pitted against each other? Or? Yeah. I don't know. You'd almost have to have concrete examples okay. because I think it can be many things make people disagree. Uh, a lot of times they're not they're not rooted in theology itself, but in just kind of tendencies, you know, that, uh, I, I don't know, you, you want, uh, you, things that you're preoccupied with. Uh, some people are really preoccupied with, uh, with, with penetrating the mysteries around, let's say, around Christology. And that those are what I'm, I'm preoccupied with that. I love that. I love to think about the mystery of Christ. Who is he? You know, all that sort of stuff. And that's, that's absolutely vital to me to know that, to know that well. And, uh, so I would, I would bring that to bear in any kind of theological question. Whereas somebody else is driven by, uh, something that is not unrelated to that, but that wouldn't be put in those terms like, totally concerned for social justice. And uh, that's what drives him or her in, in, in the positions that are being put forward. Now, in something like that, I could miss what she sees, and she could miss what I see. And so hopefully, if we talk together, then we're going to see what the other sees because of the natural kind of tendencies. So there's always, you know, Lonergan had a funny phrase in his book, Method in Theology, that I always like, because he, he was talking about specializations in theology, his book, Method in Theology, very important book. If, if we had more time, we'd, we'd still read it in our, our course, because he shows you how the, theology has specialized, highly specialized, because it's modeled on a science, you know. You heard me say in class, uh, to say you study theology is about as precise as saying you study science. You know, that doesn't tell you very much. You, you could be an astrophysicist or you could be a microbiologist, and it's science. And the same is true of theology. But what Lonergan's funny remark was, he said, the specialist tends to act, it tends to have one-sided totalitarian ambitions, <laughs> by, by which he meant that uh, the specialist in dogmatic theology thinks it's dogma and that's it. <laughs> 
The specialist in scripture thinks if it's not in scripture, it isn't. It isn't so, you know. And the specialist in social justice measures everything only by that. That's one-sided totalitarian ambitions. And so Lonergan says what what theology needs, uh, what method, good method in theology would have, is a, a, a synthesis of them all uh, and working together. And that that has driven me since I was uh, I read that book in first or second year theology, and uh, that was forty years ago, and I've been concerned about that ever since. Mm-hmm. And uh, in a lot of ways, I'm I'm following what Lonergan has created, but what I've add, added to Lonergan from my own perspective which he didn't have at all, which I think is, it, it, it didn't, it caused his thing in some ways not to work, is he didn't have liturgy uh, at the base of it and at the end of it. <laughs> and that's, and, and so, you know, when, when you, if you guys remember in class, how I'd say we, we have the church celebrating Eucharist, then we come to school and think about it, and then we go back to Eucharist. And that's that, that's that instrument of synthesis is there. And uh, that's where it comes from, you know, for the desire to get all of that in place. And so, I, you know, I would say that because Eucharist should be there, uh, that, that's ultimately also what should keep us from arguing with the wrong spirit. Mm-hmm. Because... Aren't we all coming from Eucharist, and aren't we all going there again on this same day that we're having a horrible argument? I mean, this is crazy. <laughs> it, it shouldn't happen that way, you know. So, I mean, it's a high ideal. I get it, but uh, we should aim yeah. for it. I wonder. Well, I think. I mean, this is such an important topic, and it's a. Uh, um, it's really foundational for going into the the further master themes, and at the same time, we don't want to do any disservice to the next master theme that we want to get into. So, and I propose we just we just talk about this for the next ten minutes, and then we, the next master theme we go on, or the next episode we go on to the next master theme. Does that sound okay? Yeah, that's good. Sounds good. Where so, do we go next? Yeah. Well, one one thought I had as you were describing that, Father Abbott, is um, maybe if you said you said there are these different groups. If somebody is focused on on dogmatic theology, it's going to be all dogma. If somebody's focused on scripture, it's going to be all scripture, and we end up living inside these bubbles, right? These these silos, right? And we end up not communicating with one another outside of them. And you even said in there, if we get to talking, then then we can start to sort these things out seems to me like oftentimes we, we don't, right? We, we just recognize the differences and we never actually have the conversation. And maybe it's because when we try to have the conversation, it dissolves into argument and now we're no longer in communion and we're no longer living out of the Eucharist. And we're, if we return to the Eucharist or when we return to the Eucharist, we're in the spirit of division. And so then we think, well, whether we think it consciously or not, we think, well, it's better to avoid the conversation altogether because it's going to lead to argument and then it's going to lead to division. So how do we have conversations about 
differences of opinions, differences of perspectives, different conclusions without having those conversations dissolving into arguments. Yeah. Well, you need you need a culture of you need a culture where where this where you can talk. I mean, that's in ideally that's what uh, any academic community is is a culture where you can talk. And and you know, I the, I would want the seminary to be that for sure. A culture where you can talk, where you learn to talk, uh, where you learn to to put forward different points of view and hear hear objections, uh, and so when I, when I talk about a culture, very often the the ultimate problem is not with a, a disagreement in theology. It's it, there's uh, it can be fear driven, which breaks down a culture. It can be uh, it can be thoughts. Good theological thoughts are challenging. So if I feel challenged and I'm not willing to feel challenged, I'll react. You know that that's not it's not so much theology that I'm reacting with. I'm reacting with a with a kind of personal problem of my own or a limitation of my own. So you know one has to sort of to have this culture. What we need is a, a lot of willingness for humility, a willingness to be a little scared of uh, by thoughts proposed to me by by someone that I'm not inclined to agree with or by a position I'm not inclined toward, and a sort of security that, uh, hey, listen, exploring this, uh, letting this other kind of idea that I immediately kind of don't like Understanding why don't I like that? Is, is Am I really against the thought? Or am I being challenged somewhere and not willing to be? Uh, that's what I mean by a culture where that can happen. And I don't think we're very good at that. Uh, in in American culture in general, we're, we're just, everybody's kind of, and it's getting worse. I mean, everybody's fighting all the time. And we do that theologically. I don't think we're fighting all the time here. That's not my sense. I hope not. But on the other hand, we, we can get pretty touchy pretty quickly. And that's that's a, that's not about theology, I don't think. I think that's about ourselves and our culture. And uh, And I'm not just saying... Uh, that that's true of uh, uh, only of students. That's uh, faculty are guilty of that too. Uh, faculty get get scared or entrenched, or they've done it this way all their lives. They're not ready to uh, necessarily to be challenged out of that. Uh, so you know, we all have to be we all have to be working at growing and 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 letting letting hearing deeply the other and where the other's coming from. You have to always be the one that goes the extra distance, and uh, to say, you know, you, you you know, we shouldn't be saying, well, that person needs to be more open or something. No, just could you create an atmosphere, a culture, where that person can be more open to your disagreement by the way you approach it, mm-hmm. and and don't don't presume, you know, don't presume that. Your teachers don't need that kind of approach as well. So when, when someone comes to this understanding of how theology should be 
should be done, should have that culture of openness, should recognize um, how much, how important it is to not react out of fear, but react out of a desire for truth. Um, when you've come to that realization, well then, don't we sometimes wonder, well, am I really supposed to get that deeply involved in this one area or that one area where I'm, 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 I'm starting to disagree, where I, I recognize that I'm starting to act out of fear, perhaps, against something because I don't want to embroil the, the rest of my life in that one, that, that one issue. Mm-hmm. Because I recognize that I'm, you know, there's going to be maybe 500 of those issues throughout, throughout my life as I mm-hmm. explore theology even more. Um, so what, what, what then do we, how, how do we approach that type of, that type of fear in, in theological discussion? Yeah. Maybe, maybe uh, what I said earlier about, uh, how much does a question weigh can, can, can guide you in that? How important is it? And uh, that's something that we grow in. The more we have a synthetic view of the whole, we know, we have the expression, is it worth fighting for? Or not just fighting for, is it worth getting agitated about this? Or, or as you put it, is it worth pursuing? I think in, in some theoretical way, every question is worth pursuing. But you've got to, as it were, pick your pursuits, pick your battles, uh, is it worth pursuing, or can you can you take this point of view with which you're inclined to disagree, and if it's not too important, hold it there, remember it. It's forming you. It's it's shaping you. It just put that in in there with the rest, and and maybe move on. I I did that all through my life as a like when I was in school. I did that when I had teachers that I wasn't inclined to to yield to their points of view and uh, I just said well this 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 is good uh, I'll I'll listen to that you know I mean I don't I didn't always feel required to 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 necessarily go up against them I just sort of it it's it's a challenge to me I would sit and think about it then later I'd go oh you know they probably were right or or years later, I go, you know, I was right. They were wrong. <laughs> so I think maybe I'm wrong in thinking I'm right. You know, so, it, sure. you know, so it's just, it's just, it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to get us all stirred up. It's just like, whoa, it's a, it's a, let's remember we're dealing with mysteries here. These are, these are mysteries that, that can be understood in so many different ways. And so, yeah, I would say just try to, Try to see how important is it. And if it's really important, well, gear up for it. Get ready to grow. Uh, get ready to let go of something, maybe. Uh, get ready to be challenged. Be sure you tr- tr- do everything you can to understand your own reaction. Why don't I like this? A lot of times, I mean, it might be something that, you know, it isn't connected with the theological question, but let's say it is. Why don't I like this is a very good 
good reaction to theological point of view. Because if you can find out why you don't like it, you might have a better theological insight as a result that you could calmly, therefore, bring in. Because you're trying to figure out, you know, a lot of times things just don't smell right. And, and you have a reaction there. So why doesn't it smell right? Because you've got a better theological insight or because there's something in your life or spirituality that you don't want touched? Those are two very different questions, you know. So if you can, if you can let yourself be touched in some part of yourself that you might be wounded or whatever, and it's a real theological insight that you're saying, nah, you know, I'm coming back with theology here, then that's, that's how the whole thing grows and sharpens. Do you think um, the, a background or any type of mindset from apologetics could have perhaps this defensive atmosphere in theology? Could it lead to an, a defensive atmosphere coming from a, an attempt to defend the faith mm-hmm. to, an utmo- to the utmost, you know? Yeah. And then you take that into theology and... You're trying to defend the faith. Yeah. But you're trying to discover what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's the last line was kind of what I was going to say. You have to know what you're defending. Uh, And so it wouldn't be a very good defense uh, if you don't know what you're defending. Uh, But I think defending is an important attitude for a theologian to have. Uh, But... uh, De, uh, defending because ideas need to be defended sometimes uh, but def, I think good theological defense needs good strategies as well and for me I think I think uh, truth should be defended at all cost okay so that, I, I would say that but what's your strategy and because my thing about uh arguing in in argumentative ways to me that's the wrong strategy i don't think it produces uh the i don't think it produces the kind of results now a mind that you know people have can have a sharp mind that is that is full of energy to defend and that would that will bring uh, good energy to theology but the strategy in which the argument is put forward needs to have I'm calling it culture. It needs to have style. It needs to, I, I use the word strategy, meaning are you going to reach the person that you're talking with? Are you going to reach them? Are you going to perhaps convince them? Or are you just going to win a fight? And so how do you reach people? But apologetics, no, that's very important for theology. But I think people that, 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 begin with too much of that attitude are just geared not to be open enough to to other points of view so you have to if if that and those are gifts that god gives to pers- different person personality types you know some people will be quicker and more able to do that sort of thing so i i i think that's a gift from god that should be honored but it needs to be trained carefully uh so that you, that again, you're always having what I'm calling strategies here. Well, 
we better wrap up uh, on this for this episode, but I'm sure we'll, we can, we'll come back to this topic again and again and um, continue to explore the foundations of, of theology and of thinking about the faith and, and articulating the faith and what strategies are effective in, in doing that. Yeah, I think the uh, I think when we get into uh, other master themes, I'll just you know let's keep this in mind what I'm saying because that'll then we'll have actual stuff that we'll talk about. We can talk about here's a place where disagreement could come forward, and and here's how you can do something about that. You know, let's let's try to maybe keep that in mind. Thank you for listening to this episode. If something struck you in a particular way, we encourage you to take it to prayer, bring it before the Lord, and engage in that conversation with Him. Be sure to check out our website, theologyatmtangel.com, theologyatmtangel.com, and send us an email, especially if you have a question for Father Abbott, theologyatmtangel.edu. Thanks so much. We'll see you in two weeks. God bless.